Welcome to this week's episode of First and Final. Matt Jennings here with Krista Jennings Langford. And this week we're talking about Mad Men. Krista, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. You know, Good. It's, it's another another Monday edition of the podcast. Yep. We've we've switched things up the last mm-hmm. couple weeks. I think it's a good change of pace. And uh, yeah, this week we're talking about a pretty iconic series in yes. Mad Men. One Mad that very critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Um, that neither one of us really watched. Yes. Um, my fiance, Hannah, um, she was an avid uh, watcher. Of the sh- I say she caught up on it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. She didn't watch it when, it when it came on live, but she became a very big fan uh, watching it on Netflix. And um, um, have some other friends as well, Phil Papadakis and some other friends who are, um, who are big fans as well. And again, critically acclaimed. Fans love it. So I think it was only fitting that at some point we we really needed to do it. Yeah. I um, have a lot of friends who watched this. And um, I always knew, like, oh, that's one of those shows I should be watching. But every time I turned it on, it seemed it was, like, kind of slow. And uh, I don't want to say boring, but boring. Don't 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 get crazy on me for saying that. But I um yeah, you know, when you're just flipping through the channels and you're basically seeing this guy in a suit sitting there thinking, you're not really compelled <laughs> to yeah. stop. Yeah. And then one time when I really did try to watch it, there was like this weird storyline where they were like trying to get t- twin sisters to like kiss and like have a threesome with these girls. And I was like, mm, this is not for me. <laughs> like, I don't like this a, at all and so that kind of turned me off from it I can I, see that. now i feel like i could go back and watch it um but it's not like it doesn't feel very urgent <laughs> i can see that so no i you know i i tried what i tried watching the pilot gosh it was probably like a year ago and um watch the pilot wasn't like super drawn in mm-hmm. when, and I, I knew hannah at the time was like either blowing through it or maybe she had already she had already at least already finished season six and i was like man i'm not really into this and and i'd been told by a couple different people like that i may not like it because it's just in a in a sense it is it is my my friend timo described it as it just seems like episode after episode of just people making bad decisions and that is how i feel about arrested development and that's why i never finished that one it's like um, it's, you know, it's a lot of, it's a, it's a lot of drama. Um, but, uh, so, you know, if, if it's, it's not like Breaking Bad and that it's like a super, um, action packed or, um, you know, there's, there's going to be like high tension in terms of anything but tension between characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Madman does a great job of that. And if you can get into that, then, then you're really going to like the show. Um, my friend Phil describes it as, um, the describes it as a, basically he's like the weird the great thing about Mad Men is it's actually a great workplace comedy it just also happens to be the best drama of all time and I'm like okay that doesn't sound I mean a little overstated has, at all but yes I can see what you're saying some comedic moments in the pilot so I I mean I sort of get that but it also just has a lot of people that are just like gross yeah people like, like that like, just like make you mm. feel 
No, I don't like that you exist. I don't like that people like you exist. I don't like it. Oh, man. So should I talk about the pilot then? Sure. (laughs) You sound thrilled about it. Um, Well, I mean, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. But I, there's definitely some characters where I was just like wanting, nah, it did not compute with my 21st century brain. I understand that. So anyway. I can I can try my best at the pilot though. Right. I love how I never prepare for this. Like I could easily write up like a one minute synopsis. like something for me to say, and I never do it. And I just have all these notes like anti semitism and haha smoking that aren't going to help me with this. <laughs> so I know you can do it. I believe in you. Oh man. Right. Okay. You ready? Yes. All right. Here we go. All right, it opens with uh, an explanation of where the term madman came from, and then we see uh, who we will come to find out is Don Draper scribbling down ideas on a napkin. He um, really has to deal with this smoking epidemic, but he's got to still sell it even though it, everybody's saying it's going to kill people. Um, and he's really very concerned about that. Um, at some point we meet Peggy Olson and Joan Holloway. It's Peggy's first day as Don's uh, secretary. Um, and she's cute and everybody just wants her to show her legs, which is annoying. And, um, anyway, then Don goes into a meeting with a Jewish woman. Oh my gosh, it's a woman. And, um, he's basically insults her. Um, and then he goes into uh, the meeting with the lucky strike cigarette people and he saves the day. And this other dude who's really annoying, Pete Campbell, um, almost ruins the meeting. Um, but Don saves the day at the last second for something that I didn't understand was that great. And then at the end, he ends up getting back the Jewish lady's account. And then we see that he's actually married, even though he slept with some other woman at the beginning and talked about marrying her. And he has kids. Yes. You know, it was it, you recovered. Yeah, it was a slow start, but you got there. I always have a slow start. I want to set the scene. I understand. Well, most of you have probably seen the pilot, so you know. Well, Madman yeah. really does do a great job of setting the scene in that it's it's it is a it is a period piece drama, and it really like from the get go, I feel like does a really good job. First off, like good job on the plot synopsis. <laughs> but I, I I meant to say that amid what else I was saying, but. The the show I think does a really good job of like immediately immersing you in yeah. the environment. I think that opening scene is done really really well, in that it tells you a lot without actually telling. It shows and not tells. Yeah. Uh, like you know, people well, it's say like Breaking Bad. That's how I felt about Breaking Bad. Yeah, um, you learn a lot very quickly, um, just from the images that they choose to show yeah. on screen. Well, and I mean, it is a period work, and I think what a lot of people want from a period work is is pretty, and it is very pretty. Um, it feels a lot like um, what I said about Sex and the City, which is uh, watching Sex and the City is like, you know, flipping through a fashion magazine. Like, you just, you don't really care that someone's in the desert in a ball gown. You just, it's pretty. Who cares? You don't right. care that Carrie Bradshaw would never actually wear that as a writer because she couldn't afford it but i don't i don't care because i want to see it and it's pretty and you see a lot of that in the 60s um fashion um on this show as well and um even though i didn't ever really watch this show because it was when did it start 2007 okay so that was like the end of my college time and then it ended in 2014 2015 2015 yeah so, 
this was a period of time where like I was, I don't know, I was very entrenched. I mean, not that I'm not now, but I was very entrenched in pop culture. So even though I didn't watch the show, I knew a lot about it. And a lot of other shows would reference and comment on, on Mad Men. And there's a lot of talk about why certain things are the way they are on the show. And one thing that I noticed in the, in in the, um, well, in both was all the drinking. Like it's a lot of drinking. Um, and I think today, probably in the last five years, I mean, people have always had drinks on television shows, but I feel like now it's like more present just all the time. Um, but, but you still notice it in spite of that on this show. And what's interesting is it's all, um, liquor. And one thing that I learned, like even, Mencken at her little meeting with Don, her separate meeting with Don. She has a Mai Tai. She's in New York. If you went to New York right now and ordered a Mai Tai, they'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> but there was this thing in the 60s where, first of all, um, people in the 60s didn't drink a lot of wine. Whereas today, like, I feel like that's what everyone, if they're going to drink, that's one of the main things they they drink. It's a more sort of everyday drink as yeah. opposed to, like, scotch or whatever like they were. But you couldn't get, like, a lot of the – there wasn't a lot of U.S. wine, which meant that wine was really expensive. Whereas now, I mean, you can get wine really cheap. Yes. Um, and so liquor was something that you could get a lot cheaper – And so they had, they're just, just the wine industry was, had not developed. And so that's like really true. And of course they, they serve it in a pretty little glass. They serve her Mai Tai with all the things. And I mean, I just, yeah, I just enjoyed seeing that because again, today, if you had a character, like they do it on Big Bang Theory all the time, somebody orders some really stupid girly drink. That was sexist, what I just said, but you get what I'm saying with like a umbrella in it. And you're supposed to think, oh my gosh, like you're so dumb. Like you only order that kind of stuff when you're in the Caribbean, right? Right. Um, But this was like something they would have actually done. And she's like, it probably showed, is meant to show that she was like well-traveled or she wants to appear like she's well-traveled because she knew what this was and it comes in a pretty little... um, you know, it's all about, I feel like the 60s was, at least the way they're presenting it, was all about presentation. Yeah. Um, Which is what the show is it's about. It's what the show is about, exactly. It's about advertising. So all of that's that whole side of it, I watched um, an episode probably in like 08 or 09 of Top Chef where they did, one of the challenges was like a Mad Men themed dinner. And so they had to do like 60s themed food. And it's stuff that we really don't eat anymore that feels like very old fashioned, like oysters, Rockefeller and like random stuff like that. So I like I peripherally know about the show and that side of it, like the style of it, I think is really cool and obviously like incredibly well done. Oh, yeah. You know, the like I said, you know, the first scene you get into, you come into this this bar and you're, you're introduced to, you know, kind of the social scene of New York City. You get, and and everything that is going on in the time period is kind of communicated to you without a ton of, without someone narrating it to you. So you have, you know, the tension between the the black waiter and his and his boss, and so you get you understand like the racial situation at the time. You understand uh, 
more narrowly what John's job is, uh, what not what, what John Ham's job is, what Don Draper's job <laughs> job is, is uh, it, you understand that it has to do with advertising and, mm-hmm. and selling something um, and selling in this instance cigarettes. You want it gives you context as to why he's in trouble because you get like this. He he references or the waiter references the Reader's Digest article that talks about smoking kills. And, um, you know, it sets you the stage in terms of the, the costuming, uh, uh, which uh, Mad Men won a few Emmys for, if I'm not mistaken, um, and just, like, the environment. Like, it does a really good job of these things, but it's just, like, a normal scene. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. like, it's just, like, a normal scene between people. It's not, we're going to use this opening scene to tell you all of these things. Right. And and I think that's one way that the show was did a really good job in that scene and certainly did a good job in both episodes that we're going to talk about. Is it, you know, it doesn't, you, you know, I'm a big fan of like subtlety and like not right, having not to like spell things out sure. for people. Yeah. And I like that the show did that and did it well. So yeah. it is beautifully shot. Like you said, um, you know, the different uh, things that they do with camera angles and just like the, like the color tones and everything. Like it's just, it's really, really pretty. Like, like you were saying, it's just, it, it is pleasant to look at if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. Um, Another thing with the with the era, uh, you know, this is the early '60s. Um, there is lots of references to. There are lots of things to establish. This is one area where it does kind of beat you over the head with it because it was the time period, and so it was normal. the The relationship between the genders um, is very uh, is very obvious. Uh, <laughs> with all these different like small jokes that like the men make about the women and even that like the women make say, about themselves right it made me so sad the, uh you know like <sighs> the like what joan says when she no gives, i want to say this go, one go for it go for so it. she shows peggy her typewriter right <laughs> which this is funny in itself because it's a typewriter and a telephone and a, and one other there was uh, like a calculator i don't even know i don't know and, like that was what was on the desk and it's like so here it is sorry like, i know it looks complicated yeah she's like don't be scared of all this complicated technology they made it um the men who the men it. who designed it made it simple enough for a woman to use it and it's a woman saying it to another woman like ugh, like and then she you know before that she says if you're really if you really make the right moves um, in five years, you'll be out in the country not working, which is so funny to me to then watch the finale and see like the transition of Joan. Like there was right. obviously like because you kind of get this idea that Peggy really does want to be more than just like a secretary. And I don't mean to put down secretaries, but these secretaries were like, I mean, she says we're something between a waitress and a mother. Right. And they constantly make references to like that Don wants to sleep with his secretaries. And you can tell that she wants to be more than that, but at the same time she she feels like she has to like play the game. And so she does a lot of things in the episode that like are angering because she's basically cutting off her own two feet. Um if and it it does seem like from the beginning that she wants to do she seems ambitious. And but Joan seems very like entrenched in the world. And so then when you watch the finale and you see the transformation, you're kind of like, whoa, what happened? Um, and, you know, again, the, the unfair thing about this is I've haven't seen everything in between the pilot and the finale. Um, I did have to figure a couple things out last night. And so I looked things up on Wikipedia. So I can make some conjectures about what happens to Joan, but that's interesting. Like, I do think that's interesting because I would 
having watched the pilot, I would have been like, Joan sucks. Like, I hate Joan. <laughs> she's horrible for women. Like, she, you know, she's, ugh, I didn't like it. But, um, but yeah, just so, and even, like, that made me laugh because it seemed like something she'd been told her whole life and she just parroted back. And so I was like, that's so sad, but it's sort of funny. Mm -hmm. What made me angry were all the times that, like, everyone tells Peggy to show off her legs. I'm like, ah. And then then that whole thing where Campbell, she's in the office with Don and Campbell, and Campbell basically tells her to, like, spin around and starts, like, judging her physical self. I was like, why doesn't she get to do that to him and tell him that he looks about 12? (laughs) Like... He looks like he's in his dad's suit, and oh my goodness, I, oh, I just, ah, I'm like, if I was born then, would I have been like, this is fine? Would I? Like, am I that much a product of my time? I think we all are to a certain oh, degree. Oh, man. Oh, I just... And I... Th- <laughs> I do think that's one... I'm not going to let a woman talk to me like this. That killed me, too. That moment where they're in the meeting with Mencken. That was hilarious that they thought, and I thought she, like... I mean, she was the hero of the episode for me. I was like, (laughs) yes, I love her. Um, But, yeah, like, that she was basically saying, like, I'm the client, and I don't like what you're doing at all. Like, it's... I don't care that you think it's going to work. It's not what I want to do at all. And he basically is like, I'm not going to let a woman talk to me like this. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, like, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. She is your client. Like, you just probably lot. I don't know. I Well, again, it's it's setting. I know it's, it's being, setting. It's, the, being, it's yeah. being true to the way life was, or at least our idea of it's, what the life was at the time. It's crazy to me that that would make sense, though. Like, that, that particular interaction. Like... It does not matter at this point that you think you're better than her because you're a man and she's a woman. What matters is that she has a crazy huge account and you're wanting to keep it. She wasn't being rude to him. You know what I mean? Like, that's just crazy to me that that like all this stuff and the other stuff, other patriarchal stuff throughout the this episode where it's just very clear that like. The whole idea was, like, if you're a woman, you need to get married, and that's, like, that that keeps the social order together. That's, like, their whole goal. You see it very clearly in that doctor's appointment that Peggy goes oh to. Oh, my gosh. Where he's like, I will... Let's just talk about... Let's talk about all the stuff that, that just is... And, and again, it's it does a good job of, of, of giving you a peek into at least what we think the time was like. Which is um, the doctor is smoking, smoking in the doctor's office. He's telling her uh, it is the '60s, so he is like, "Oh no, it's nothing. You know, there's nothing. Well, there's nothing the- wrong with someone like you. You know, trying to be prepared for a, well, uh, con- for a sexual encounter." And he's like, "But he's like, but I will take this off this. I'll take you off this medicine if you abuse it." 
that was a, that was an interesting line. And also, like his gloves, like looked like they had been used many, many times oh, before. Yeah. That was gross. So it's just it's a very different. Again, it's a very different time. Well, I went like I said, did a lot of research on Wikipedia about Mad Men, and um, Wikipedia the anyone can go on there and edit it, so you know you're getting the best information possible. I am. I believe it. Anyways, well, they quote in the Wikipedia article they quoted. Um, the creator is saying like everything that he was interested in, like every major event happened in the sixties and actually a ton of things happened in 1960, including the pill being like released basically. Right. So I, I think they set this up to be 1963. I could be wrong. Um, but anyway, so the pill was like very, very new. So I get that. But he, I mean, he basically tells her, like, there's easy women don't get husbands. And it's like, that's just, like, none of your business as a doctor. Like, she's asking for this. And, and it's a little bit different now than it was then because then, um, sorry, all kinds of things you, you might not want to know. But um, then the pill was, like... It basically messed with your hormones like crazy. It's that's still what the pill does, but they've they've made so many different versions that are like I don't want to say safer, but safer, um, yeah. and that won't like totally mess with your body quite as much as um, as it did back then. And so, like, it probably was a bigger deal to get it, and it was new and all of this. But the fact that it's I don't know. The fact that he was like, the fact that the whole section of this pilot is about a bachelor party where clearly they're trying to get Campbell to like embed with some other woman. Right. But the doctor giving this, this woman a pill is telling her now, don't be too easy. Like, it's just, yeah, it's maddening. And, um, and when, and, and the other thing that's maddening is I can think of, I mean, these these instances and in, in these scenes are like they are hit you over the head and it is i think they do that to say like we're not saying this is okay we're just saying this is how it was and they're setting up this huge commentary on on gender politics and that sort of thing um but it's just interesting to to look at that and and think of other ways that things like that still do happen today yeah um we just don't do them out in the open this is true. So anyway, sorry. Um, Just patriarchy. Yep. That's all. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, there are all the, the themes having to do with gender in the in the episode. There's a lot of stuff having to do. Uh, let's let's get into the to the characters here for, for just a minute. Um, the I, I thought John Hamm's performance as Don Draper was really, really good. Oh, yeah. Um, and I thought um, I thought every part of his kind of performance he 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 does a good job of setting himself up as like there are reasons to like dislike him and think he's slimy but there's also reasons like that clearly define him as the protagonist and make you kind of want to root for him okay but i have some things to say about that go for it so something that i like have heard before in discussions of like story and characters and what makes a good character and what makes a good protagonist and that sort of thing um you have to give people a reason to root for them, right? Right. You have even like a, a, not a bad character, but like 
an annoying character. If you want the audience to be on their side at some point, they have to, and there's like a term for this. It's something about a cat. It's like they've got to save a cat or something (laughs) like you'd have like the worst person in the world, but if they save a cat, like, okay, I feel like though, and maybe it's just because of, because I've studied this, but I feel like they really hit you over the head with like the reasons why you should like Don. Um, so like, for example, he calls Campbell out when he's like being horrible to Peggy. So you make, so you're like, okay, like that, that gives him a point, right? Yeah. He is talking to the waiter at the very beginning and Mm -hmm. the manager comes up and is like, is he bothering you? Like he gets a little chatty and he's like, no, actually we were just it's fine. Like I was asking him some questions. We're having a conversation. So you're like in your head, you're like Don Draper might not be racist. Great. Okay. (laughs) Like, but then, but it's like so many other things that he does. And I know that he's like in the category of like, um, what's his name? Walt. what's his last name on breaking bad. Walter White. White, yes. I really wanted to say Walt Whitman. I was like, that is not right. <laughs> um, not Walter White, He's. I, it's like this anti-hero thing. But I don't know. Like, he does so many, like, some of the stuff he does, like, some of the anti-Semitic stuff that he says. Yeah. And the fact that, like, until the very end of the episode, you don't even really know that he's married. And all of that, it's just sort of like... Uh, you're kind of awful. Why? Well, but am that, I only rooting for you because you like maybe didn't say a racist thing? Well, no, I, <laughs> no, I think. Well, one, I think you make a good point, and that goes to some people's kind of uh, criticism of of the series. It just again, it just seems like a bunch of a terrible, bunch, people. a bunch of like terrible people. Yeah. Um, I think you can make the same argument about friends. You could make the same argument about a lot of shows. shows, Absolutely. Um, You know, but I think more than, I think the evidence for a good, the the basis for a good character is that even when they're doing, even when they are doing those kind of things or they're saying those kind of things that, that do make you uncomfortable, the performance is, is well done enough that you you want to see more even when it's and I think that's my point is I think John Hamm does a really good he job. He does, absolutely. Um I just think they have a lot of save the cat moments where yes. that I that I think in and save maybe they the have to moments. do I'm telling you it's something I know, about that. I, know. I think it has something to do though with the pilot and them being like, we have to establish that he's like in this industry that's kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. Um it's you know, it's knowingly promoting something that kills people. Um I thought that, oh man, we have to talk about that scene, but you want to talk about characters first and that's fine. But like, he's this terrible person supposedly, but we'll do these very small things to make you think like, I don't know. I just felt like those, those moments where you're like, oh, I'm supposed to like him now seemed pretty obvious to me. Yeah. But I, I think they had to be because it's the pilot. So they're having to establish a lot pretty quickly. True. Um, I do think... You see, I think you see the moments of legitimate, um, I wouldn't even call it compassion or empathy, but just like legitimate not, not being a terrible person. I think you see legitimate moments of that, which admittedly within the context of the episode, especially among the men, like that's a unique quality. True, yeah. And 
I think regardless, one thing that's always compelling in a character is seeing like that they they are good at what they do. Yeah. And Don is clearly right. one of the best at what he does, which right. is um, creating creating ad campaigns and 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 selling ideas right and he's great at that and did you want to come up do you want to talk about the the meeting with the tobacco people was that where you were going yeah but we can talk about other characters first i think that's fair i was just gonna say i do think john ham does a really really good job when i say i feel like those save the cat moments are really obvious it's not what he's doing yes it's it's the way it's written it's the way it's written it's like oh okay i get it i'm supposed to like you yeah um Peggy, I agree. Maybe it's because I, I'm not sure what the reason was why the way you articulated it earlier, the the idea that she's doing making some of these choices because she feels like she has to to kind right. of get ahead. That makes more sense to me when like at least when I hear someone else vocalize it. Because at the time I'm watching the episode, I'm like, I don't really think I didn't get like I, she had a ton of identify identifying qualities, and I didn't understand her motivation for each next thing that she was doing yeah well and like that just like that visit to the the visit to the doctor seemed way i was like when what is this another day and it obviously was not um and i yeah i mean it yeah she was i definitely wrote down in here what are you doing peggy (laughs) like what are you doing she's a lot more interesting in she's very she's she becomes more interesting over the course of the series from what I can tell. And she's very interesting in in the finale. Um, I just, and I thought, I thought she was interesting. I just thought it was, I, I had trouble discerning why she was doing what she was doing, what she sure. was doing. Each, but I, I, I think there's, there's, I think there's a basis to what you were saying that she's like, she's ambitious and she's, she feels like she has, she feels to, like she has to do things. She just feels like she, has to, she feels like she has to play the game. Absolutely. Um, no, yeah. Let's talk about Pete just for a second. Yeah, Pete's. Ugh. I was uh, just all I, I wrote it down here in my notes when <laughs> I, I wrote it down. Uh, just Pete Campbell is the worst. Yeah, that's what he's I was thinking. The worst is, uh, which obviously is what they're trying to get you to what they're trying to get across, and he, you know want to talk about another sexist thing that happens when he's on the phone with his fiance. He says, he says, well, I'm at work, you know, why don't you go shopping or something? Or, uh, when they're at the, um, strip club, which, why are there a bunch of girls in the strip club? I don't know. Well, like a bunch of like non stripper. I don't, I don't think it was really a strip club. Um, I mean, I don't There's think it's obviously a strip show. Happening. I don't think it's what we would call st- a strip club today. I no, think it's they not. would call it like, a burlesque or something like that. And they went because lots of guys are there. Like they say that. That's just in so, the epi- that, Yeah, it's just, strange. That's odd to me. There um, are more women that go to to strip clubs than you realize. Um we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Um, um the um it, it it was it was just it seems an odd place to try and find a man is my point. You know what I'm saying? They're not looking. They're looking they were, for. They were. They were looking for those guys. No, they're looking for quantity. They're like, there's a lot of good odds here. <laughs> okay. Guys do it all the time. Let those women have it. Who okay. cares? I'm just kidding. Um, 
so yeah, but Pete, um, you you know he he well and doesn't uh, kind that of actor... tries to force himself on the guy on 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 the girl at the at the strip club too, and then he just shows up. I don't know how he got Peggy's address, but he shows up to Peggy's place after the after yeah. the fact. He steals the research out of Don's trash can and then tries to undercut Don and use it in the meeting, Which and of course I it backfires. Ac- but I actually thought his ad was was good. I was like, they're gonna go for this. This is great. Okay, but same thing you were saying with um with the lady from the department store. It's not a matter. It's a matter of what That's the true. customer wants, and they don't want. They don't want to admit that. They at don't all. want the idea of danger being associated with their cigarettes at all. And it's so interesting because I feel like soon after that, lots of because I guess they had no other choice. Lots of cigarette companies went that way. I mean, think about, like, the Marlboro Man. Like, part of his appeal is that he's, like, a cowboy, like, out there. Yeah. Anyways, I, I expected it to to work, but you're right. They didn't They didn't, didn't want it. it. I don't understand why it's toasted was that great, personally. Well, okay, but... well, let's, let's, go, let's go into this meeting. The fir- and, I'll, and I'll say this. I agree with you. The first time I watched the, the pilot, which was, like, a year ago now, um, I agreed. I agreed. I didn't get it either, but upon watching it again, I kind of got more where he was going, where he was, it, where he was this, kind of coming from. This whole, his whole thought process about this campaign, I feel like was difficult to follow in the pilot. Yes. So the, the idea here is he's saying, and, and it's the reason why he didn't go with the research that Pete tries, tries to use that they got research from a psychologist that said, um, Oh, society like subconsciously has a death wish and they like the idea of danger. Mm-hmm. And so Pete pitches this idea of, um, so what if cigarettes are dangerous? You know, a car is dangerous, but you still need to get where you're going. You know, so With- smoke lucky strike, you still need to get where you're going. And it's this idea of appealing to someone's, um, Sense of adventure. Sense of adventure, and- sense of danger, yeah. sense of wanting excitement. If you're going to um, risk it, risk it with us. Yes. Uh, which is what the the Lucky Strike executive says. Who's he says? So what? That's our pitch. Like, if you're gonna die, die with us. And and in that way, I I, I think he points out kind of the he failing. points yeah. out the flaw that then they have to use right. for the rest of tobacco advertising history yes. continued today. But anyway, you're right. It um, is flawed. And so Don brings up. He says, "Look, any I now that this information is out here, any." pitch we make that re- that relates to health or that relates to anything like that is only going to make people think about cancer and is only going to make people think that is only going to make is only going to associate go back and associate you with this with these studies that say that cigarettes are dangerous so now basically he says this is the greatest advertising opportunity since the invention of cereal because he's basically like it's a clean slate so we have Six identical companies making six identical products because that because all cigarettes are the same, um, and he's like he's like so we can say whatever we want and um, all we have to do is find a way to differentiate ourselves from what everyone else is doing and so they say it's toasted because they toast the tobacco and and then he says there you go it's toasted and the executive says well everyone's toasted it's like no everyone else's is poisonous lucky strikes is toasted and it's it's so simple and it's almost seems like it's not actually advertising anything but at the same time it's 
it, it's looking at the situation from a different perspective in that before they were focused on we are marketing this on the basis of we've got these doctors and we've got these testimonials that say well, and they put it some is kind fine of, for you. They put some kind of filter in it that makes right. it less, you know, less dangerous, still dangerous, but less. Yeah. Yes. And so you've yeah. got this. And, and so everyone else is still clinging like everyone else is listening to ad executives like Pete who are telling them we can rework this these new findings right. and still continue down the same path of advertising based on its relationship to your health. And Don says, no, we're just going to go a complete different way and differentiate ourselves from the pack. Right. And in that way, I feel like it, it does really well. And he comes up with it in a panic as they're yeah. getting up to leave the room. And it, I think that scene works really well in that one, it shows you that he is insecure and shows you that he does have some, interpersonal demons or issues that he's dealing with and and he does it shows you a lot again it shows you a lot without telling you he finds his identity in his work and the idea that he may fail in this meeting is going is it like it it racks him with anxiety and he almost has like a nervous breakdown in the meeting but it also shows you at the same time that he's very good at his job right. he comes up with this thing on the fly right. he sells them on it and he saves the day right. and again you you get all that information not from like what you were talking about with the people versus oj simpson someone coming up to him and 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 saying don you are uh you do such a great job at your job yeah it's no we see him do a great job at his job and we also see these other aspects of his character so i I feel like that scene as a whole works really really well i liked at the beginning of that scene when they all took like a a smoke and then they all started coughing. that was great um and it did make me think like all the smoking and drinking in the workplace was this was it really that prevalent is it because it's an ad agency when does that stop you know what i mean because don't get me wrong there's people who still like drink in the workplace like depending on what the workplace is i'm just telling you (laughs) no happens when you say no you're absolutely right at my workplace but it's true because you work at a school yeah um when you said that it just made me think of that scene in horrible bosses where kevin spacey makes jason bateman have you seen horrible bosses yeah but i don't remember he may he like pours jason bateman like a just a, like a not like a normal serving of scotch like he takes the scotch glass but like fills it up to the brim with scotch yeah and uh and then he you know um and and he's like and he doesn't pour one for himself and he's like <laughs> or or he does and he, but he, then he gives that one to Jason Bateman too he's like aren't you gonna drink and he's like it's 8 o'clock in the morning I'm not an alcoholic <laughs> and he's like I was only gonna drink because you were going to and uh, as he tries to leave and leaves the glasses on the table he's like he's, he's I don't remember the, in Jason Bateman's name uh, in, the, in the show but he calls him back and he's like it's it's 40 year old scotch you don't expect me to pour it back in the bottle do you and he makes him drink both oh, of them. that's right. why he's a horrible boss yeah that's a that's a side note um but it made me wonder like when does that stop happening like when is smoking and drinking like no longer it does sort of okay it does place? make me think of and it, and and i think you can maybe or maybe i'm i'm just too much want to give people the benefit of the doubt but it makes me rethink all the all the sexist things that we see in the episode to a certain degree as well because like i just want to look at that i want to look at the how much they smoke in the workplace i want to look at all these things and just like is this our perception of like how right how just like how overt all these things were at the time or is this really the way it was and it's just I, i i don't know i wasn't there and i'm sure there were some historians who could tell you better than i could right 
another thing in the meeting that I thought was interesting was that he said we're selling America. Um, yeah. It very I was like this very much feels like the same sort of thing that you would do if you were talking about advertising for like the NRA or a gun <laughs> manufacturer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I loved that it want and I was as the guy was saying like Didn't, it's like he? he says something about it. He says uh Campbell is saying like cars are just as dangerous and I thought to myself, this is the same argument that people make about guns and rifles that um newsflash i'm not a fan of those arguments and send your tweets to me i don't care um but i i was like this sounds like that same argument and then he's like so if you die you're gonna die anyway die with us we're not selling rifles here like we're not like basically saying we're not selling something that's actually dangerous i thought that was so interesting because that is the same argument that people make about gun sales and ammo sales and I'll try not to get off on that tangent but I'm like I'm always just like you can't compare cars to guns cars yes do kill people because but they're not meant to kill people right guns are meant to kill that's the end anyway um so I thought that was super interesting yeah. and then um after that scene I loved that they, which this makes you go I've, watching it as somebody who knows history that came after these characters you're sitting there going like how is this supposed to make me feel about this ad agency or these guys yeah when they say when he says have you thought again about working on that presidential campaign we got to tell the people dick nixon he's and i was like oh my gosh richard nixon they were gonna and I, i i don't know if that becomes a plot point in the series right but the fact i mean we as people watching it in in the 2000s know that Richard Nixon was a terrible president and was yep. a horrible person. And so what are we supposed to think by hearing these guys um, saying that they, you know, that they not only want to support him, but help him yep. win? And that was really interesting to me. Yep. Did you catch um, the, the, what I'm sure is fleshed out later on about Salvatore? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was, again, another instance in which it was not... It was not so subtle. The uh, the the first um, the first talk in his first conversation with Don when he brings in like his sketch, um, you see a little bit of a like a foreshadowing of it. I can't remember exactly what he says, but he like makes like one um, he he makes like one statement about like beautiful women that like right. seems like it's just like a little bit forced. And I don't know the name of the actor who, who plays Salvatore, but he does a really great job in that instance of, of playing it in like just enough a way that just makes you like question it. Mm-hmm. But just in case you didn't get it, then later on in the episode, they just, they just come out and say it. And, and, and the girls who are saying, wow, there's, there's just, uh, I love that. There's just so many guys here. And he says, I know and he says something along the lines of like, I, I know, know what, what you mean. mean yeah. and, like looks around and it's like, Oh, okay. So in case you didn't know before, right. but no, that, um, and that's what I actually wrote that. And it's like Salvatore isn't exactly subtle. Um, but you know, that's fine. Um, it's more subtle than a lot of gay characters on um, on television, so they yeah. give them that. Um, no, and then of course you get to the end of the episode. Well, they get out of the meeting. Uh, Don and he and he rips uh, he rips Pete and um, and then he rips Peggy for letting Pete steal the thing to, to steal the notes. Um, so that's you know an interesting uh, thing. And then Pete showing up at Peggy's house later is kind of I, I, I literally I wrote down. 
I don't know where that came from. No, Peggy, with like a million I don't know why she lets him in. um, I think she thinks she's playing the game. I think she thinks she has to. I hate that. Oh, makes me so sad. And um, and then of course you get. I. it was lessened for me because I kind of had con- I'd had context for the characters both times that I watched the pilot. But I think what's supposed to be a twist at the end when you find out that he's married, right? Um, and uh, well, because he just went off and talked about how like he wanted to marry that other girl. Who he, was, well, uh, and who when was, he's who works in the greeting card, she's the uh, illustrator. Yeah. Well, and like Minkin talking to Minkin, and he's saying to her, but well, love clearly, doesn't exist. Well, but the, there's this other part of it where he's like, "Don't you think you'd be happier if you were married and had?" kids and it the way he says it it's very clear that in his mind that's what makes a woman happy so me being married to a woman is making her happy me working makes me happy so if we can all just do that and like we'll just make that happen but sort of live separately yeah then it'll be okay um and that's not really what you see right then you just sort of see him saying like she clearly she wants to get married she's a woman and and you see how married he is to his work and then you see, and he and then he says the thing about um what did he say what he you says, call love was invented by, by guys, guys like, like me to sell nylons and um and so you're just like ah and then yeah i mean like i it, i also knew about Pe- uh, not peggy betty um draper and I, I, like I said, I followed the show enough to know things like that, that he was married and all of that. But I thought from watching that episode that maybe he wasn't married yet. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a twist ending for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, overall impressions. We got to move on to the, uh, the finale here in a minute, but just overall impressions on, on the pilot. I, I will say this again, this being the second time that I watched it and I told Hannah this and she was overjoyed. Um, I'm, I, I feel much more like I want to continue watching the show than maybe the first time that I watched it. I don't know why, I, why I wasn't emotionally engaged, but I wasn't focusing the first time I watched yeah. it, but I did like it. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was really well done. Um, uh, there were some interesting characters, other some characters that I hated, you yeah. know, so I, 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 I liked it. I, I liked it too. Like I said, it, I will definitely watch it at some point. It doesn't feel very urgent to me. Same, same. Yeah. Um, any quotes? Let's see. Um, when he's having the conversation with the waiter at the beginning and he says, oh, so I could never get you to try another brand of cigarettes, uh, cigarettes. Um, and he says, no, I just love my, I love my old golds. I think is what the name of the cigarette was. And he says, uh, well, let's just say a tobacco, uh, weevil comes through and just eats all the old golds in the world. They're all gone. And the waiter says, that's a sad story. And Don's (laughs) like, it's a tragedy. <laughs> um, I, just the way the, the the delivery there was just great. Um, go shopping or something. That was, and then he says later he's <laughs> Pete says later. This is another reason why I hated Pete. And when Peggy walks in, he's like he's like where are you from? And she says I'm from such and such school. And she's like and he's like no, I mean like like where like where did you live before this? Like are you Amish or something? Based on like how she was dressed. Ugh. And I'm like you're the worst. Um, when uh, Pete is talking to Don about something. He's like really eager about something. And Don says, let's take it a little slow. I don't want to get, pre- I don't want to wake up pregnant. Oh, uh, I hated that. Uh, I was, oh, it made I thought me you would. so mad. Just like, oh, I can't even express it. Continue. Um, and then, uh, then in the meeting with the tobacco company, he says, um, um, uh, not Don, the other, uh, the other executive. Sterling. Sterling says, um, oh, through manipulation of the media and da da da, um, everyone's concluded that 
cigarettes are now unsafe. And he says, manipulation of the media, that's what I pay you for. Right. Um, so that was funny. That was, those were the ones that I... And then, of course, what you call love was just invented by guys like me to sell nylons. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Sorry, I said all my quotes when we were talking about it. Yes. I've inserted them Look, you see, into you, our other parts see, of the See, you're more subtle. I'm more... Yeah, you just want to hit us with. over the head. Fine. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, cool. Well, those are our thoughts on the pilot of Mad Men. Um, and uh, if you have any other ones, you can share them with us. Um, we're about to jump in to the finale. Um, if you haven't watched it, be forewarned. There is There are major spoilers coming up. So if you don't want things to be spoiled for you, go and just put this on pause for a minute. Go watch all seven seasons of Mad Men. Or just watch that finale that you've been saving because you don't want to admit that this show is over. I feel like I know people who do that. They just like refuse to to watch watch finales. Um, I don't know of anyone who's done that with this show, but I I have a friend who did that with Parenthood. She's like, I haven't watched it yet. I just can't bring myself to it. I can understand. Um, So yes, so go watch the finale. We'll be waiting here when you get back. We'll wait. All right. Okay, so. so I know that it was eight years, but John Hamm looks so old in this episode compared. Really? Yeah, I think he, a lot of them look like crazy, like they've aged a lot. And then I don't the feel, really, I feel like the only one who looked, well, okay, the well, someone Pete, looked different. And then Pete. Pete and Peggy look different. I literally was like, different. I was like, is this supposed to be Pete? They, because again, that actor who was supposed to be playing a 26 year old in the pilot looked 12 he had like the babiest face of all time yep and then it was like now they decided to make him look like he was 40 yep and the actor's still only like 18 and so they like i did not like the aging on him i was like oh this is not <laughs> this is not good anyway I, I like, didn't feel like John Hamm looked that much older. I didn't go feel back like any, and watch again. I didn't feel like any his of the skin so looks so smooth and like porcelain in the pilot, and then like within the first two scenes that you see him in in the finale, he looks like lots of like wrinkles and just like stuff under his. Eye. I mean, he's supposed to look bad, I think, anyway, because. I think at one point I might have been looking at him like after he'd gone on that bender after he'd like spent all night yes. drinking beer. And so, yeah, he's supposed to look bad, but I just thought he looked way older. John Hamm's a good looking guy. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying I think they either helped him age a little bit or he aged a lot during that time. That's fair. I just have. The, have um, I just wanted to open with that. Um, fair warning. We are entering major. Again, we're entering major spoiler territory. Um, let's get you. So if you don't want to know it i mean it came out like a year ago but if you don't want to know then you should stop turn listening this now stop it Bye. stop it right now um but we're gonna go into uh just quick 60 second plot synopsis and uh i'm gonna do my best i don't have any notes today either so we'll see how this goes all right, all right. you can do it i believe in you thank you and here we Go. All right, so it turns out Don is out west. He op- The episode opens up with him racing a car through the desert. Um, he's run off from his job, and no one knows where he is, and no one knows if and when he's coming back. Um, Joan is with some guy, and they do cocaine together. That's weird. Uh, Peggy is an, ad, uh, is an ad rep now, so she like has accounts that she's working on. She's not a receptionist anymore. 
Um, let's see. Um, Don finds out that Betty has lung cancer uh, from his daughter, and um, he finds out from his daughter. And uh, so he calls her, and she wants uh, the kids to stay with her brother and his husband, uh, his wife. Sorry, it's not that progressive yet in the late sixties. <laughs> and uh, and and so he goes on like this huge bender about that and then he goes off to a retreat in california and he like finds himself he has like this deep emotional profound moment with some other guy who like has trouble like relating to his family and stuff and then he comes up with the ad for i want to buy the whole world of coke okay i skipped some stuff no that's not time. what i'm saying i i think i think saying he comes up with that is i mean i think that's what you're supposed to believe but that's not I don't know. I think there. I think that is what the. There was a lot of controversy when this came out yes. about what does that mean? Like, they do um. You hear a little ding that really does sound like the beginning of that particular Coke commercial, right? If you've never seen it, and he smiles, and then that Coke ad plays. But there was controversy over. Does that mean he created it? Does that mean like, and I'm, I'm with you. I think it does mean he created it, but I don't know that you, I think it's supposed to be more. I think, no, I'm pretty sure that, I think that's what it's supposed to mean. Like what, what would be the alternative? Like why would they show that at the end of the episode? Well, the alternative is just that like, this is a, this is a new age of advertising. Like they're in the seventies now. It's a different era and it's just showing that now this is what it looks like. I didn't I, say I agree. I'm just I saying I think it's supposed to be open-ended. That's interesting. That's interesting because I haven't heard that explanation. I've heard people talk. Uh, this is this was seemed at least I was on Twitter at the time when this finale aired, um, and this seemed to be a pretty polarizing finale. Um, in that some people like really liked it or thought it did good things, and other people like didn't think it made any sense. Uh, again, people that I know who watch the show, Hannah did not like the finale at all. But my I friend, mean, did she? My friend Phil did like the finale. Did she say like? I guess he came up with the ad for Coke. Like, does she? Did it wasn't. She, get, she didn't. Uh, her reasons for not liking it. Didn't I had nothing to do, to do with that. To do okay, with that. not to my knowledge. Um, and so, but no, I didn't understand that the controversy had to do with that. I thought the controversy more had to do with just like. I think how Don's character kind of developed and kind of finished his arc well, for the end of the series. And I think there's, I think it's interesting for, I want to know how long he was gone. Yes. Um, because, because I don't know. And so it's like to take, if, if, if he'd only been gone like this episode or maybe last episode, if it hadn't been longer than that, it's interesting to end the finale end a show on your main character isn't even like in In the the setting setting that most of the show takes place in that's an interesting choice that i don't really love honestly like i i'll be honest when i was watching all that stuff i knew from from reading stuff online that um when it came out last year that he goes to a yoga retreat and i remember being like what and then i i watched it and i literally kind of like took a mental check out anytime it was a yeah. scene with Don with the yoga. <laughs> Cause I was yeah. like, I don't get any of this. Like, why are you out here doing this? Um, I do think you're right that it's, we're meant to believe that he comes up with the ad for Coke, but cause they do I, talk about it earlier on in the episode. They say, said, don't Peggy, you want to do Coke? Says, don't yeah. you want to come back and work on Coke? Work on Coke. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Not I guess Coke as in cocaine, I know, which, which someone was, else does which in the is episode. Also in the episode. But I, 
I don't know. Um, I'm nitpicking a little bit, but I don't think you can say, and then he comes up for the ad for Coke. I think you can say like where, you know, he has this transcendental experience that we're led to believe. But I think that's the other interesting thing about that is you're supposedly he's having this like enlightenment, but then he just goes back and uses it as an ad. And I think the genius of using that that, ad, which makes you go like, maybe he's not a great person. Maybe he's still like just himself only looking out for himself and his work and that's it. Um, But then, you know what, what the other thing that's really, really interesting about that is I see people bring up that ad all the time as number one, one of the greatest ads of all time. Um, But also I think people really do think it's just, a nice thing like they really do associate coke with like i want to teach the world to see and i want sing i want harmony da, 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 da. and it's like when you see it presented that way you're like oh this is really just about money this is just a manipulation of my emotions like coke doesn't really care that everyone <laughs> I mean Coca-Cola is actually a really great company but but it's interesting to be we're like because oh. we're from Atlanta yeah but but to look at it and be like oh my gosh I'm so manipulated all the time like yeah it's so interesting that part of I, it is an interesting it, that particular ad is an interesting choice because they could have made up a new ad they could have it could have been any other ad that's just the whole thing is interesting okay uh well I also want to know, does Coke pay to be a part of Mad Men or That's does Mad Men pay Coke? To, to use that ad. Yeah. yeah. I don't I, I don't know. That's an interesting question to ask. Um, I skipped some other stuff in the plots analysis that we'll get to in a minute. But since we're on this, let's 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 dive into this. Um, I think it's interesting that you look at it as like, oh, like it's just a manipulation to get more money. Because the way I looked at it was he's taking this transcend uh this transcendent experience that he had out in california kind of like finding himself and and um finding inner peace and that kind of thing um which i i admit again did seem really random and seems kind of out of place but the idea that he you i think the idea of the ad is that he does of, of having the ad at the end of the episode is that he uses this now this new experience in his new kind of worldview to then shape his work and so while we were talking about earlier his that they were talking about like doing the ad for lucky strike and like put a beautiful woman next to the next to the guy in the hammock and and mm. and um and just have a you know thing that says relax and all this stuff and like you know the whole sex sells kind of idea mm-hmm. um or uh, like true manipulation which is Oh, everyone toasts their tobacco, but we're the ones who are going to say it and, right. and create this different association. While that's a gene, again, like I still believe it was it was a smart move and it was an innovative thing. Um, there wasn't like some deep meaning behind it. It was just he was just he literally said, "How do you guys make your cigarettes?" And let's find one aspect of it and let's pump it up. Whereas here, he's taking a, like a deep, meaningful, personal experience and then applying it to his work. And so I don't think. I don't think the meaning of it you can you can view it that way but I don't think the meaning of it is supposed to be like let's take this um this idea of peace and love and everybody everybody's getting along and all this stuff and and finding yourself and let's co-op it co-opt it into making more money I think the idea is like that then shapes 
your work when you're able to find that kind of meaning. Well, we life. just don't know though because we don't we we literally only see a smile. That's all we see. And so how do you how do you interpret that smile? Do you interpret that smile as like I'm finally happy and thus like what you're saying it shapes my work or do you interpret that smile as haha I've got it? I'd see I'm, I'm much more based on the based on the context that we're given and based yeah, but we on we don't have all the context. I know, but based on the context that we're given in the episode of like he you know, again, he has like this deep profound moment where like one of one of the other guys on the retreat, what he says about his relationship with his family. Like, oh, really I think speaks that's to just Don, saving the cat. And he comes over and No, 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 because I think it and, and then he goes out and he sits in, in the thing like that those are all those are two things that are very different from Don's character for for a lot of the show for for better or worse and some people are upset maybe that that's how they choose to end it for a character when it se- it does seem out of place um but i think those things are meant to imply that he has finally kind of um gotten over his uh not his personal demons but gotten but but found that sort of sense of belonging and purpose and um like found out who he is Apart from, I just have to make a bunch of money and I have to, you know, sleep with a bunch, sleep around and all these different things. And then, and and so I do think that is meant to then inform the ad later. That's what I, that's, that's what I drew from. Because it doesn't make any sense to me for him to have that moment where he's like crying with the guy in the, in the circle where they're all sharing their feelings. And he's just like weeping with him. And then for then that to be parlayed into, aha, here's my next scheme for making money. I'm just more cynical because I I think, and it would be interesting to see if I still think this after I watch the entire show. I think he is kind of a bad guy. Um, and in the end, it always comes back to himself. and um, And I just interpreted that that smile as again like okay now I can go back and I can do coke I've and I've not I can work on coke coca-cola um but I yeah I think he's I think it's I I think so something I've thought about after watching this and after all the different shows we've done um is what do you really want from a show and specifically from a finale and an ending do you want to see character growth or do you want to see your same old buddies that you had from the very beginning so I feel like people get upset when characters change and they get upset when they don't change because that means they're flat and they're not dynamic and da 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 but and and I mean you can say this about people too like it's just as bad to tell someone you never changed you never changed. You're always the same. And it's also like, think about how many times you've seen in a movie. You've changed. You're yes. different. They're both bad. <laughs> like, yes. what? don't change, but not too much. And I feel like we do this to shows as well. Like, like Seinfeld's a great example. Like, huge departure from um, just the general setup of, of the show. And... Um, and so people are mad because, like, that's not what I want to watch. I want to watch my show, you right. know. But then, like, I'm annoyed when, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example. 
when it's like we're like you see almost no growth in a lot of the characters on like friends yep. and no change in all of that. So it's interesting. And so you're interpreting this as like, he has changed yes. and I'm interpreting it as he has not changed at all. And that's depressing because he could, because of all that he's been through. And it's, it's interesting. Like, which is the better story? Like you're all, you're just always the same, like at your core, I, you I, have gone back to that, to that kind of sketchy, soul that he is right sure um is it more interesting that he went to a yoga retreat and found enlightenment i don't know not more interesting to me i will say this i don't agree with the with the choice to have him spend the the entire final episode not in that agency not not in the ad agency but also like not interacting with any of the other principal characters face to face um, and coming to like his realization in that way through like organic character interaction, I don't agree with that choice. However, I don't see, I don't see any evidence in the episode to make me believe that the ch- the um, the the last couple of scenes that we see with him where he's like coming to grips with who he is and he's um you know out in nature and like appreciating beauty in the world and he's like um realizing like his own the roots of his own personal problems i have no reason to think because i don't feel like that's the way the last scene works i don't have any reason to think that those things weren't sincere or that they were um or that really it was just like him that that smirk was a smug smirk rather than like a I'm content smirk. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, that's what leads me to believe that it was, then that's what shaped the Coke ad rather than it just being like, Oh, here's my next idea. Um, and I'm going to use it to make more money. Um, but no, I fully agree with you on, on the, I just want to, in a minute, I want to read something to show you that I'm not the only one who thinks this way. Okay. Maybe this is why I think this way, but go ahead. Continue. Um, but I fully agree with you on like the setup of the of the finale, of like having this be the way, if it is some major character change that happens in him. And I, and I do think that's compelling. I, d- I don't think him being the same old, same old would be compelling because I think we've established over the course of the series... And certainly in the pilot and, and then in the finale and really over the course of the whole series, um, from even my very surface level knowledge of it, that all of the things that he was doing before and the way he lived his life before was really self-destructive. And it is a much more satisfying ending and I think a, an ending that makes sense um, for the finale to be about him finally overcoming those things and finally like realizing his need for change. Right. I think that is a much, certainly a much more satisfying ending. And I think that's what the writers are I think pushing you toward. I think it's more satisfying for you. For me, it honestly is like as, as much as it angers me, it kind of is satisfying to be like, yeah, you are the same guy that I saw at the very beginning of the episode, even though they tried to at the very beginning of the series, even though they tried to make me think that you're good because you defended a black man and defended a woman. Like, I don't know. I I think it's 
satisfying in a different way not in a like all is well in the world but in a like of course of course that's what you would do um so and maybe this is where i got this idea so maybe it's not so much that i agree with her as much as it is that like i i don't know the other word (laughs) um i as much as i stole her idea i guess and and maybe she influenced me as i watched this finale because i read this a year ago when the finale came out Oh, okay okay so she says, this is Linda Holmes, who is a pop culture and television writer for NPR, and um, she's on Pop Culture Happy Hour, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Um, the long sequence in which another man poured out his heart during the seminar and Don eventually went over to embrace him so they could weep c- together didn't land for me, simply because I've seen Don supposedly break down and embrace people before, and it rarely means much. I know better than to suspect Don is ever learning anything. So her, she's saying Don doesn't learn anything. He just makes the same mistakes. Um, indeed, the payoff, the gag at the end of the show is that Don has been sitting around this retreat, supposedly trying to grow as a person. But, and this is implied but not shown, he just goes back to McCann and uses the experience to create the to create the I'd like to teach the world to sing Coke ad. You could theoretically believe the ad was shown at the end of the episode because someone else at McCann created it based on Don's experience, but most likely not. Most likely this means Don sat around the retreat for a while and then did as he always does. And he went back to his life and made everything he'd learned into horse pucky. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's, uh, that's what she says. And I disagree. Okay. That's fair. And she does say that if you do that, if you believe that, it makes his entire road trip feel necessary, unnecessary as a narrative element, um, like a head fake by somebody who head fakes in every game because the Don Draper seems like he's going to turn things around and then he doesn't as a story that has been told on this show over and over and See, over. See, and, and this over. is this is an interesting thing. And and that's and, and I think there's Okay, I I can I can see where she's coming from. You don't from. agree with it, but you I can see the validity yes, in it. Yes, I can I can absolutely that's see the fine. validity in it and that is an interesting if there is a major critique to make of the show, uh, and again, I, I haven't I haven't watched the whole thing, so if. But if, I mean, you have a friend who said like yeah, it's just people making the same mistakes this, over and, this, and over and this again. This is my thing: is if over the course of the show, if it's if the point if if you do kind of go through these repetitive narrative arcs mm-hmm. and you don't see a lot of character development and. Um, certainly by, you know, by what, um, by Linda Linda Holmes, Holmes. by what she's writing, it certainly seems like that's been the case over Mm -hmm. the course of the series. You make it harder for people to believe, because I do think that the intention of the finale, I I still believe that the intention of the finale is to make you believe that he has really finally changed. But because you've done it for so long, you've, you've, you've had these fake emotional climaxes, um, for so long that when it finally does happen, people don't believe you. And I think that mm. if there's a criticism you can make of the series, then then that would be it. Because mm-hmm. um, unless you see true change in these characters over time, when you do finally decide to make that choice, it's not going to sit well with people. That's the same thing that we saw with How I Met Your Mother, in that you um, you know you feel like you've been building... It, you you well I guess it's actually kind of the opposite and, that, and, and how many rather you feel like you've been building towards something and like there's there's an expectation from the audience the audience sure. is expecting a certain outcome right and then when you try and subvert that even if you do it well 
And you can make an argument that How I Met Your Mother or that Mad Men did it well or did it not. Right. Um, did it well or didn't do it well. When you try and do that, there's naturally going to be a resistance in your audience. Like they're not going to want, they're not going to want to accept it or they're not going to be able to accept it because you've set them up to right. not. Right. Well, and we're having the same argument with this that we had with How I Met Your Mother. You're saying they, well, why did Ted and Robin end up together? Because Spoilers. they clearly <laughs> moved past it and i was saying no that they were always coming back to each other so yours you're you're you believe in people changing and growing and i'm just really cynical and i'm like (laughs) nobody changes i mean that's i mean that's a phrase i say a lot like when people like i can't believe that person did that i'm like people don't change like you just get to know them better and i do think that like i mean sure people change like i'm different than i was you know 10 years ago or whatever um but i i think one more words that I tend to use interchangeably that are not interchangeable are growth and change. I think you can grow, but still have like a lot of the components that make you, you. who you are. Um, but like truly fully changing. I just, at this point, I don't believe in that. I don't believe that. I think if wow. you do, I think if you have fully like changed, then something big happened, and it's not a yoga retreat. <laughs> so jaded, jaded, Krista Langford. I'm about to turn thirty tomorrow, so here we are. Here we are. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. And I mean, like, I I will change my mind probably at some point, but that I mean, I kind of do think that, um, and that's probably why I'm viewing this episode this way. But it is really interesting to think about, like, um. You know, to you, a change in him is really satisfying. But to me, something about, you know, I would say that if it were a movie. If you condense seven seasons into one two to three hour movie, um, I guess I would maybe feel the way that you do. Like, yeah, I want him to grow. I want him to change. I want him to be better. But something about you coming back to a TV show over and over and over again. And I don't even have that experience with this TV show. You do come back for the same things. You know, it's interesting. I think a lot of shows do this. Gilmore girls does it like they do. I'm Gilmore guys is at about halfway through season six of Gilmore girls right now. And there's one of their big beefs with a storyline in season six is it's like, you just brought back two characters in a new form with April and um, Anna. Like, that's just Lorelai and Rory 2.0. Like, why would you do that? Um, And it's sort of like, maybe it was the choice. Maybe we do, maybe cycles and I like things that are circular. I really, I really enjoyed, what did we watch last week? Scrubs. I enjoyed how circular that, that finale was. Um, And, Maybe that's easier to do in comedy. Like, we certainly do, last week, saw growth of JD. Yeah. But they kept pointing back to things that were that had been there from the beginning. Yeah. So I think there's, I don't know, that's just, you know, do you watch TV to see the same characters over and over? Truly. And if you do, then you can't be mad when they don't change at the yeah. end. That's fair. So anyway. Um, we can get off of that subject. I, th- the, I think we've covered it very yes, well. <laughs> we have. Um, so that's interesting. So tell us what oh, your thoughts are. One other thing, though, before we get out of the yoga retreat. Oh, What's yeah. that actor's name? 
who's in everything. Oh yeah, uh, uh, like Brett Gelman, who is uh, the guy who not the guy who Don hugs. It's the guy who talks before that guy. Yeah, and he's bald and has like a really like bushy beard. And um, and he's, he's in a lot of stuff, and he's yeah, a comedian. He I think this show is so interesting because they've hired people who are really comedians. Like we didn't mention this, but Kristen Shaw right. was in the pilot, and she's a comedian. That and it's like not a comedy. No, it's, it's it has dark humor. But yeah. Anyway, uh, Brett Gelman was on um, was at the retreat as well, and at one point he's uh, when um, Don's um, friend who he's there with um, Stephanie. Who there's like a whole backstory behind her that I didn't know that that you filled filled me on in on before the thing, uh, which we don't necessarily We're need not to go in get right into now. that. Um, but she up and leaves, and Don's like, "Where is she?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, she left a few hours ago. You know, I would have, I would have, uh, um, you know, I would have told you if I thought you needed to know." And he's like, they have this whole conversation while while um, <laughs> Brett's character is sitting naked in a lawn chair just because like those are the kind of characters that he plays he was uh he was in the other guys he was in um, go on as basically like guy in a therapy circle he's really good at playing guy in a therapy circle um i don't remember any of his lines from go on but he was like a really really fun character in that show and then in uh the other guys he was christine christine's wife you say husband my wife's name right it's christine He's like, who wants an Arnie Palmy alert? Arnold Palmy alert. Who wants oh an gosh. Arnold Palmer? He's like so all this crazy. stuff. He's, and then and he's like, uh, he's like, you would think because of the beard, I'd be really hairy, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, that's so, in. So you, well. I um, was interrupting you when you said we want to know what you guys think. Yes, we want to know what you guys think of like which one of us is right about whether or not you felt like Don really changed. No the one's the right, Matthew. No, Come someone on. is right. No, um, but no, I think we can agree that the way they go about this, either change or non-change at the end of the episode, like the way they set it up by taking him out to California for a yoga retreat. Um, doesn't seem to make a ton of sense especially when there's interesting things happening back on the east coast and including his ex-wife having cancer um there are other ways you could go about bringing about this change or doing the head fake as uh as as lauren holmes talks about linda lindsay linda holmes (laughs) not lauren not lindsay linda as linda holmes talks about um, there are more organic ways I feel like you could have brought it about rather than let's put him out on a right. I f- that was it makes sense with the coke ad, but that seems like one of those things. It's like we have a predetermined outcome we want to get to. Right. Let's figure out a way to get there yeah. rather than let's yeah. let's let this form organically. Um, but okay, we're done talking about Don's part. We skipped some stuff in the plot synopsis. The key things being, well, you know what. <laughs> So Joan uh, gets contracted to work on these uh, indu- in- these industrials, which, in case you don't know what those are, they're like they're like like a company film that like is a training film. And she gets uh, a contract to do one of those, and she asks Peggy to come on and write the script for her. And she gets contracts to do more of them, and so she throws out the idea to Peggy of forming their own production company. And then, uh, but Joan, because she wants to go back to work, the guy that she's with at that point, he's like, no, why don't you just want to like be with me? Why do you have to work? And so like they end up, she ends up choosing, um, the job over him. Peggy decides not to go, uh, and work for the production company. And instead she ends up with Stan, who's a guy who we didn't know earlier on in the, in the series. Um, and they admit that they love each other and they kiss and Pete flies off with, uh, Alison Brie 
And uh, that is actually the... I think that's everything. No, Sterling. Oh, yeah, Sterling marries a Canadian woman. French. French woman. They live in Canada, though. Yeah, and it's um, Megan Draper's mother. Yes. Which is Don's new wife. So that's his ex-wife. Betty's his ex-wife now. Yes, that's what I said. Okay, just making sure I can't remember. Okay, so there you go. So there, that's that's Those everything. are the other things. Um, the there, the that scene is... between Peggy and Stan is adorable. Yes. I love that Joan has her own production company now. Yes. I think that's great. Well, it's, it, like you said, in, when we were talking about the pilot, that's very much a, sh- a, a big shift That is her. a transformation, um, yeah. And see, you do like it when characters change. Well, but she's still, you know, <laughs> she's still Joan. She's still snarky a yeah. little bit um but that is one of the themes that kind of weaves itself throughout the episode is this idea of like what is your relationship between your personal life and your work and choosing between those things and and don had to do that and his way of dealing with that conflict was i'm just gonna run away from my problems and i'm just gonna go out west and i'm gonna race cars and then i'm gonna drink I feel- and joan's way of it is i'm gonna choose to pursue my my dream and what i'm good at I feel bad that we're, we haven't talked hardly at all about Betty and Sally and Sally's brother. Yeah, no, Sally. And- okay, the, the 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 actress who plays Sally Draper, Don's daughter, does a phenomenal job in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kieran, Kieran, Kieran Shipke. Shipka. 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 And uh, yeah, she does a phenomenal job in kind of doing this. She and Don have like this conversation on the phone and she does this great job of like this kind of she's she's an angsty uh you know i don't know if she's a teenager yet in the show but she's an angsty daughter who like is upset with her dad about leaving but she also like um has sympathy for him and 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 wants and and wants um and and is trying to be a a good role model for her little brother and you know she's dealing with the problem you know the the personal stress of her mom's gonna die and just so like her conversation her that that conversation that one specific scene but her performance throughout the episode i felt like was really well done um um sally's conversation with um not sally betty's conversation with don over the phone is uh, is really sad and I thought felt like both actors did a really good job in that scene as well when Don's like fighting for her to for him to get custody essentially of the kids and she's like no this is what I want respect what I want um so yeah I thought that was all really well done um I was just so distracted by the t- by the fact that like while this is happening he's like there's there's Brett Gelman and there's yoga and stuff it's just hard to, <laughs> yeah um it's hard to Focus on on all that, and those were characters who I guess I didn't have as much of a connection right. with because like they weren't touched on as much in the pilot, mm-hmm. so I wasn't focused on them as much right. as I was focused on seeing the changes in the other or the lack of change in other characters. Um, but yeah, no, I thought they did a really really good job. Mm-hmm. I just feel bad because I'm like so not interested in that story, and that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's like really like tragic, yeah. yeah. And it's tra- and she has lung cancer because. Everyone smoked back then, and she still and smokes. Still smokes at the end of the episode. episode. And Don, uh, you know, promoted and advertised cigarettes and everything. And there, and it's it's just interesting, like the mental disconnect that that happened yeah. there. Um, uh, we talked about Joan. Uh, Peggy decides to turn her down, uh, but it's cool that Joan gets her, um, gets her own production company. Um, and then Peggy and Stan. One, it's cool to see Peggy. One has has grown and, right. and become her own. And has kind of exceeded that receptionist role that maybe like she was in, 
at the beginning of the series. And then I agree the 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 problem in my favorite scene is is the scene uh, from this episode is the scene between her and Stan talking on the phone because it's so it's so believable and it's so heartfelt. Um, and I love the that's one of my favorite lines from the episode is um, when Peggy says, you know, I'm not going to take the job, and he says, good. I'm sad. I would have been sad if you left. And she says, why didn't you say that when they had this conversation? Because she, she, when they first have this conversation, she's getting, um, she's getting a little drunk and she's talking about, um, I'm not sure if I wanted to. And, and Stan's like, well, you know, you do have a good setup here. And she's like, you just don't think I can do it. And he's <laughs> like, no, like you're really good at what you, I'm saying the opposite of that. And she's like, <laughs> she just like yells at him. Like, he's just like, he storms out and they have this big fight and she's like, and then later on when he says, you know, I would have been sad if you left, um, Peggy's like, well, why didn't you just say that? And he's like, because every time I'm face to face with you, I want to strangle you. <laughs> and then I miss you when I go away and I miss you and I call you on the phone and I get the person I want to talk to. <laughs> and it's just like this really sweet. And then she's just like, oh, and um, and then event and eventually comes around to saying, I'm in love with you. And she says, what? And he says, I love you, Peggy. And he's like, and she says. That's what I thought you said. Um, um, really, this this is going back really a little bit, but the guy that Joan is seeing and then he breaks it off, he plays the like DA or something in um, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Does he? Which just ended this past week and it cleared everything up for me. <laughs> I now understand all that happened. And I mainly feel bad about Robert Kardashian, but anyway, David just thought Schwimmer I'd share that. Favorite Kardashian? David Schwimmer, best line of the year. David Schwimmer is my favorite Kardashian. We still got we still got more than half the year left. Certainly, you can top it. Surely, you can top that one. I don't know, man. I thought that was like my best joke of the year. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but no, I thought that scene, and then she's she finally says back to <laughs> back to Peggy and Stan. Um, Peggy says, "I love you too," and then. She's like, hello, hello. He doesn't yeah, answer. And, he's and he there. sprints down yeah, the hallway it's so to her. Cute. It's just really cute. And they and they, they end up they end up together and it's very sweet. And um I, you know, that was probably the I th- again, I thought that was the best scene in, in the episode. The one that certainly made me certainly made me feel the most. Right. Um Yeah. I I know reactions about this finale were mixed, especially when it came out. Mostly because of the Dawn stuff. I was kind of I thought it was good. I didn't think it was exceptional. I thought it was just fine. I um, would have liked to see what they did without taking him away. Yes. So that seemed like that's a my that seemed like a cop out. Thought. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, Pete goes off. Pete doesn't seem like as a terrible of a guy. And I texted Hannah about this last night when I was after I watched the thing. I was like, so are we allowed to like Pete now? And she said, well, you can if you want. He's still kind of slimy, though, and I don't like him. I said, like, okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, overall, like, I, you know, I thought the endings they gave for everybody but Don were were good mm-hmm. or were at least fine. Um, and I didn't even, again, I didn't even dislike the ending for Don or my perception of the ending for Don. <laughs> um, but I didn't like the way, I agree with you, I didn't like the way they went about right. it. It seems, um, it seems, che- not cheap, it seems, it seems like it's cheating, I guess, yeah. is we want, we don't know we'll how show to. you this other show. Right. <laughs> we don't know how we want to set up this ending, so we're gonna, we're gonna 
divorce the finale from the context that the rest of the show took place in, which just seems odd. Um, but anyways, overall, I liked it. It was fine. I think I would want, I think I want to watch the rest of the series. Right. Um, but I think there were some problems. There are some problems with the finale, if nothing else. Um, any other la- like loose notes or quotes that you wanted to throw in? Um, no, I'm good. I said all I need to say. I said a lot. We did say a lot. We're, we're, we're going patriarchy. O- yeah. And that is one as- one aspect that I feel like is very different by the end. Of oh the yeah, show. totally. Because it's late. It's now. It's the late sixties and uh, late sixties. Might be early seventies now. That I, think I just about have it. so many questions about like. I don't, and I don't know who to ask them. Like, like, was it really like that? And then, like, all the anti-Semitism stuff. Yeah. Like, where does that even come from? What did the Jewish people ever do to you? What happened? I don't understand. But again, by the end of the series, it seems like those things. Those things. Oh yeah, that's not the focus anymore. Because again, Peggy now has a job, and Joan has gets to have a production company on her own. And even Don seems at least moderately more respectful of women just yeah, in general true. like they all like all the reactions between the male and the female characters has a very different tone, tone to it. absolutely the style is different it's it's very it's still very colorful um mm-hmm. but the color palette's a little bit different and then of course the the fashion is different mm-hmm. and that's another way that the series does a great job of doing the costuming and and um being consistent with the era so i thought that was really good still shot really really well so um you know again overall i liked it yeah wasn't crazy about the finale um i agree the let's see if there are any other quotes oh when sterling has two secretaries because he's i guess kind of holding on to one and on the hopes that don comes back um and uh the second secretary says uh they're like in a meeting and he and they're like they're like briefing him on like all this stuff happening in the day and she says i translated your speech into pig latin he says that was a joke (laughs) which i'm just like that seems like something that he would have said um Oh, um, when Pete's about to leave, and this is one one instance where I found myself just a little bit liking Pete when he says, um, oh, you know, by 1980, you know, he's talking to Peggy, uh, just before he leaves, he says, you know, by 1980, you're going to be, you know, running this place. You're going to be the, the director da, 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 or something. And she says, wow, that sounds like a really long time away. And, uh, he says, yeah, but you know, just you wait one day people are going to people are going to brag about having worked worked for you right. and she says what am i supposed to say to that and he says i don't know no one's ever said it to me I know. and it's like yeah. this like kind of like self-aware kind of self-deprecating yeah. thing and like yeah. he realizes like kind of how much of a jerk right. he's been right but you know so that part made me like him at least a little bit sure um other random things oh when joan uh talks to peggy on the phone and she says that she had the meeting with i don't remember the guy's name and she says um oh Oh my gosh! Did you tell him I said hi? And then Peggy's like, "Wait, why would you have said that?" Um, because they had not interacted before that. Um, when Joan's in that conversation and she says, "How's Eddie?" and he says, "He's weird. I think there might be something wrong with him." Which is just like it was a random throwaway line. I don't even know who they were talking about it, but it was funny. And yes, that's all of it. So there. All you right, go. good. That's Mad Men. That's Mad Men. We've we've defined it. Yes. We have, this is the definitive final, 
podcast about the about the Mad Men finale. No one else needs to yeah. do anymore. Don't, Probably because no one because they, don't they even all, bother. We're really late to the game. Yeah. They all made their podcasts <laughs> a year ago. Um, weird first and final podcast or housekeeping note. I just recently saw those, all those articles about your filtered messages on Facebook. Did you see any of these articles? No. There's a whole section of your message inbox that Facebook like filters out based on what it thinks is spam based on if someone's messaging you, but they're not like actually your Facebook friend. And so I found that this week through those articles and I had a bunch of messages from people that I'd never seen before. And right. someone, and I don't remember your name, someone. So I'm just going to say you thank you. Find it well, your- but it's, I don't want to take the time to do it um, <laughs> because I don't have internet on this thing. And on my phone, I don't know that I can get to the messages. But anyway, um, yeah, they were so nice. And they were like, I love your podcast so much. You guys are so funny. They might have sent it to you, too. Maybe. So go to you go to your message inbox for anyone else who's looking for this. And there's uh, this section that says, like, um, message requests. And then underneath that, when you go there, it says filtered messages. And if you click on that, it's like a ton of stuff will show up. And some of it's just spam. But that was a really nice little message. Thank you. Thank you, person. Thank you, anonymous person. Yeah. (laughs) We appreciate that. Um, Well, I think that's all we've got for this week. Thank you very much for joining us. You can follow us both. Um, I'm at Matt A. Jennings. I'm at KJ Langford. On Twitter. And uh, you can please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating. Leave us a star rating. Give us a review. That would be really helpful. And uh, if you like the podcast, share it with your friends. Um, You know, we've we've got a a small but dedicated listener base. Yes. Which is very nice. Yes. We appreciate it when people are like, hey, I listened to this podcast and I thought da 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 or whatever. Mostly it's just Jacob. (laughs) That's true. He's usually the one who's vocalizing his thoughts about it. Uh, Thank you again very much for you guys for listening. Uh, Again, I'm Matt Jennings. I'm Krista. And we will see you guys next week.